It's time to let you in on a little secret. Actually, lots of secrets. We're talking strategy and most importantly, return on your investment for your podcast. Welcome to Branded Podcast Secrets. All right. Welcome to another episode of Branded Podcast Secrets. I have a very special guest today and one that's a bit of a different twist. So we are going to welcome Ryan Adam. And Ryan is the owner of North Frisco CrossFit, which is a gym located in North Frisco. <laughs> very, very hence the name. Hence the name. But uh, Ryan has a podcast called The NFX Way. And it's one that we put together for him and one that I really wanted you on, Ryan, because I love the twist that that you did with it. So when we were pre-talking on the podcast, I said, you know, a lot of people coming here will be um, trying to find customers and yours was very different. So to start out, could you talk a little bit about, I'd love to say it was my idea, but I don't think it was. I think I just bothered you to do it. It was your idea. I just made you do it. But can you talk a little bit about the idea for the podcast and why it was really important for you to put one together? Sure. Well, thank you for having me on here. I feel uh, special, kind of like the way you explained that in. And I'm sure you say that with all your guests, but that's totally fine then. Uh, So the last couple of years, I mean, the popularity and podcasts just in general have really grown. And I, I found that over the last couple of years, especially with subjects that I enjoy, that I've spent a lot of my time listening to podcasts. And it's honestly, for me, it's been kind of a space filler. I don't um, have a long commute to work. It's 10 minutes, if that. So it's not like I'm sitting in traffic, but in the morning getting ready or in between coaching classes or things of that nature, I try to listen to podcasts when I can. So I think that's how I got into podcasts, at least listening to them and really enjoying the information. And then speaking with you and with your businesses that you have that revolve around podcasting, it was it was just a perfect marriage. So once you and I started those conversations, it was very easy to take it to the next level and start our NFX way. Um, COVID right before is kind of when we kicked the thing off. And of course, it was way before that. Yeah, it was right at the end of the summer, right? Yeah. 19. Yeah. Right. So September ish or so. Yeah. So especially going into COVID, uh, everything rolled really nice. And then we had a little snag there, of course. But uh, the reason I wanted to create, we can talk about that later. But the reason I wanted to create the podcast, the big thing for me, it was it was staying connected with my members. Honestly, it really didn't have anything to do with getting new members or getting customers or anything like that. I really didn't even care if people outside of the 200 plus gym members we have listened to it, to be completely honest with you. It was a way for me to uh, have conversations with all of them. It was a way for me to disseminate information to them about our programming, about nutrition, about things going on in the gym, about members, uh, about coaches for the simple fact that I don't get to see all the members. I don't coach every class every day. We run seven classes a day, six days a week. I don't get to see all those people. So for me, that was the biggest thing. It was honestly, it was information sharing. That's really where it came down to for me. Yeah. Kind of describe how it works. So, you know, you say you have seven classes a day and there are a few, a few people who jump in between classes, but typically when you go at 5 a.m., you go at 5 a.m. and you get to know that class at 5 a.m. So 
you know, explain that as to there, there may be people that go there that you never see or that they never see other members because they go at their same time every day. Yeah, absolutely. So the um, classes start at 5 a.m. And then the last one is at 6.45 p.m. So most of the folks say that the members, they're going right before work or they're going after work. And that's the only hour a day that they get to do that because they have work and uh, families and things going on. So I don't coach the five and the six specifically, uh, really at all. I did almost all of those classes for the first couple of years. And ever since then, I really haven't done that many of them. So I guess that's just the privilege of being the business owner. But um, so I don't get to see those people a lot. I get to see them on Saturday. So with the, with the morning folks, especially, I never got to see them and they don't get to see all the coaches either. Mm-hmm. And they don't get to see all the evening members either. Right. So there's, they know the people in their class and they might know names mm-hmm. that they see on the leaderboard, the sugar watt app we use for leaderboard, or they may see names on a uh, Instagram post or a Facebook post or something like that. But sure, there's a lot of the community that doesn't even know each other. So this was a way that I could uh, talk to coaches or highlight coaches and or highlight members where other people could get to know them. So that was a part of it too. Yeah. And you, you briefly touched on this and I really want to make sure, again, there was a lot of things you did unconventionally and a lot of people feel that if you do a podcast, it has to be done a certain way every single time. And when you and I sat down, I'm like, we could do things a little differently. And there were different interviews. So like you mentioned, one yeah. was a community member hi- uh, yeah. highlight, mm-hmm. one was a coaching highlight. And then one was either yourself, or I think you always did them with Evan, who's another coach who helps, but breaking down the, um, uh, the, what's the word I'm looking programming. for? Programming. The programming. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that and why it wasn't, you want to come on every week and just do community spotlights. It was really important to break things up. Sure. So the, when we started, um, with the podcast, we kind of had three main goals that we wanted to do. And every month we were going to do one coach's spotlight. We were going to do one member spotlight and we were going to do one programming. And that was kind of our minimum every month that we wanted to do and achieve. Uh, the, the coach's spotlight and the member spotlight, I think are relatively self-explanatory. We were trying to expose other members and other coaches to each other. And then for the programming, um, that's something we take a lot of pride in. And you, you mentioned Evan, he's one of my coaches and one of my really good friends. And, uh, Evan and I do all the programming. We do it together and we do it typically in anywhere from six to 12 weeks cycles. So I have an Excel spreadsheet on my computer now. Well, I know what we're doing for essentially the next three to four months. And it's always like that. So because I'm involved in it and Evan's involved in it, when we keep, when we coach our classes, we explain it really well. Mm-hmm. Now we disseminate that information to our coaches as well. Usually just like a YouTube video that Evan will do and send to the coaches. And then we ask questions or we have coaches meeting once a month, but you can't get all the information out exactly the way you want it. Uh, you know, through our words, to other, through other coaches, to the members. So especially with the programming, it was a good way for us to speak to members in our language that they would understand where we could tell everybody the same information at the same time. So everybody has, the members will have expectations and some knowledge when they come in and the coaches will know that they have that. So they'll have more confidence in teaching it and leading them. 
Yeah. And it, I think it was really important too, because there's just sometimes you're lifting and you're, or you're like, why am I doing this? Right. Like right. What's the purpose of sure. this. And there is a rhyme and reason to the madness. I'm sure, sure a lot of people are asking about yesterday's workout as we're recording this. This is on a Wednesday. And I, right. I luckily got my schedule screwed up. Oh um, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did for real. But, um, okay. But yeah, I heard about that, but it's just, it's good to understand, you know, the rhyme and reason and what you're prepping for and why you're trying to get ready. And it was just a way, because again, you're not there to talk to everybody and you'd like to believe the coaches communicate that, but the coaches are worried about that particular class. Right. So correct. It's a way to extend yourself that I think is a really a a way to, you know, thinking outside the box to connect. So I'm curious what would what were your expectations for the podcast? And then what were the results for the podcast? Like, did it, did it exceed? Like, what, did you get a lot more um, interaction from it than you thought just from the community members? So it, um, our expectation really was, like I said earlier, was I just wanted to make sure that I could get information out to my members. If they wanted to share it with family members and friends that do CrossFit and things of that nature, that would be great. But the big thing was if I can get information to them and then they would listen to it. And then, of course, once we started rolling with them and looking at the downloads and everything through Spotify and Apple, I mean, it was going great. We were getting 100 plus downloads in the first couple of days of every episode that we dropped. So that was really good. And I was excited about that. And then there was uh, there was definitely a lot of talk around the gym about it. Every time we dropped the podcast uh, in a class, we would start talking about a programming methodology. And I would bring something up and, you know, one of the members inevitably would say, oh yeah, I heard about that on the podcast. And then they would look at three other members and say, did you listen? <laughs> and they would call out the people that didn't listen yet. Or when somebody would ask a question, they would say, well, Ryan covered that in the podcast if you would have listened. So, so it was good. It was, it was received really well. I think it, it, the launch and then all since the episodes that we've done have done really well, just like we wanted them to do. Um, and I know you're really getting at the angle of how come you're not doing them right now. And no, sure no, that's not what I'm no, 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 we'll talk about that. No, I know. But we do need to talk about that. My husband, something we need to get back into. Yeah. He took the wind out of your sail and I give him a lot of crap for that. We'll get into that in a moment. So sure. But also here's, I think one of the cutest stories that came out of it too, was, uh, when you interviewed Jason Trister. So right. he, so if you can see Jason Trister, he's a power lifter. Is that the right word? Right. Is he power? Yes. So, He's like a 300 pound. Is he 300? Pound? I don't know. I don't want to like um, yeah. insult. Jerry's just, mm-hmm. Go he's ahead. massive. And he was mm-hmm. so cute when he was, uh, you interviewed him and he was like, you know, I listened to these and I was hoping you'd ask me, but it was yeah. just like really cute. Like, I think there was a lot of people from the community hoping you'd bring them on and talk to them, sure. you know? but it was also a really great way to you know, I, I think from a member perspective, cause that's how I know you, I'm a member of North Frisco, but it was an opportunity to listen and get to know the members. So it does build that community where I can say, Hey, I didn't know you grew up here, or I didn't right. know you were into this particular hobby. I love doing this too. And it gives you that opportunity to connect or, you know, the coaches too, to say, Oh my gosh, I didn't know you had five sure. sisters. That's amazing. Um, right. And it just is that opportunity. But I remember when he said that, I'm like, it's so cute. Like this giant yeah. guy is like, Oh, I hope they ask me. <laughs> I don't know and, if you've got any other <laughs> comments or anything like that. And he says, uh, when we started the Whiskey Fit podcast, he said, literally said the same thing. Like episode one came out and he messaged me within an hour and said, 
Just let me know when you want me to be on there. You know that I like my Texas whiskey, so I'm waiting for my invite. So he wants to be on there too. Um, there were there were a lot of good stories that came out of there. The the coach spotlights and the member spotlights I thought were a, a lot of fun. Um, you know, one of the examples on there with Molly, when yeah. we had her episode, I've known Molly now for eight years. She was literally member number one in February of 2013 like she was the first non-family member <laughs> to walk through the gym and <laughs> sign up and pay me money like she was yeah. the first one and uh, she's still with me to this day and the cool thing is after like year two or whatever when she told the story about when she went to chick-fil-a because she was a <laughs> what she thought was a vegan and she went to chick-fil-a and sat in a parking lot in the dark and ate a chicken sandwich and cried about it i never heard that story yeah so that was one of those things. That I, I can't believe I've known you almost eight years now and you've never told me this story. So things like that always came up, which was great. Um, as much as I love those segments, those segments were the hardest. Really? Because it was the hardest just for the simple fact of people's timing. Oh. My timing is essentially, you know, 10 o'clock till 2.30 or so every day. I'm readily mostly available where from six to nine 30, I'm not available because it's either kids or I'm coaching. And then in the evening, like once three or three 30 happens, I have five kids and there's a lot going on and it's a different sporting event or school event or something almost every single night. And I can't just let my kids play sports. I also have to coach them in them. Uh, so it's the timing was really hard with those and those, as much as I love them, actually were a beat down. Yeah. They really were. And there was a lot of folks that I had talked to and we tried to make it work and make it work. And we just couldn't make it work. Yeah. Maybe next time you'll have to move more online, you know, something like this. Like you're... this. Yeah. So it's not the yep. pressure of having to be in person and, and time that. Cause yep. yeah. hundred percent. I, I agree. Mean, it's hard and I have two kids, so I can't imagine with five. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is. The last one of the last ones that's been published is you really took a stand during COVID. Um, and it was during Greg Glassman, who was the owner of CrossFit. I don't even know what he said, but it was racist-ish yeah. or racist. I don't know sure. that it was. Regardless, right? Yeah. Regardless, right? And <clears throat> it was very important for you to take a stand. And you recorded, <laughs> I laugh at figuring out the logistics of that. I think I still get nightmares when you were like texting me, Hey, we're going to have this person here and another, but, but anyway, you had this huge round table and you brought in, you know, a lot of your members who are people of color and sure. really talked about, all right, you know, first of all, I'm not going to stand for this. We will not stand for this in the gym, but talk right. to us about your side of the story and why this is, you know, an issue with great saying things like this and all of that. So it ended up being three episodes of what right. you recorded. Do you want to talk about what, why you wanted to do that? And then, you know, using the podcast, how that turned out in the end to uh, put that sure. out. There. So honestly, that there's two parts of that answer to be truthful. So the, the first part of that answer uh, and just like you said, I'm sure most people don't even remember what Greg Glassman came out and said, which is, which is fine because history tends to forget those things. Um, the, the first thing that happened is when, when he came out, 
and offended myself and so many other people uh, like he did. There, just like with everybody, there's this emotional response. And my emotional response, like many gym owners and, and CrossFit at one point had upwards of 10,000 affiliate owners across the United or across the world. Uh, I don't know what those numbers are now. I know they're not as high because there were hundreds, if not maybe a thousand or more that had unaffiliated after Glassman made his, uh, made his comments. So I try to not get wrapped up in it emotionally. And I am not good at controlling my emotions with a lot of things. There's no doubt about that. Alyssa, my wife will be the first to tell you that. And uh, she did a really good job with me and kind of, hey, take a breath and relax. And really, so I, I sat on the whole issue for about 24 hours. And um, what I came to kind of think in the end of the whole Glassman thing was, you know what? If there's 200 members in my gym, I bet you 150 of them don't even know who Greg Glassman is. Yeah. While he was the founder and the CEO of CrossFit, and, and he did amazing things for CrossFit. He did amazing things for fitness. Uh, he was one of the only people in the fitness industry to ever go toe-to-toe with the federal government and big sugar and things of that nature, which I love. And people love him for that. It was the way that he did it that a lot of people didn't like. He was very offensive. And that's kind of what did him in here. Um, so so as, as great as, as many things that he did that were so great, this was one of those things where you just couldn't stand behind him. But on the other hand, those 150 people in the gym don't even know who he is. So I wasn't going to let him represent me. I wasn't going to let him. Uh, he's not my identity mm-hmm. kind of deal. And that's really the stand that I ended up taking on it. Uh, in the first 24 or 48 hours, a lot of people were deaffiliating and they were putting their post online and professional CrossFit athletes were coming out and saying, I'm not going to do CrossFit anymore as long as Greg Glassman's the owner. Not And ridiculous stuff, in my opinion because it was all emotionally fed and it happened so fast. Um, And in the end, the right thing happened. Uh, A lot of CrossFit owners stayed, most did. A lot of the big name athletes and big name owners came together and they asked a Greg Glassman sell his company and leave. And he did. Uh, And now, honestly, looking back at it over a year later, it's been a great thing. Eric Rose is the new uh, CEO and owner, and he's actually a CrossFit owner affiliate owner in Colorado. And he's done amazing things. He started a lot of initiative and a lot of programs in CrossFit that have been very positive. Uh, And he's a good dude, which is really cool. Like he's been on CNN and he's been on Fox. He's been on mainstream media talking about uh, the importance with health and fitness, especially as we're, you know, winding this coronavirus thing down. So he's been all over there speaking on the importance of health and fitness Uh, he's a champion in Congress right now, actually with a bill that's getting ready to get passed that they're going to, I believe, set aside like $30 million for gyms oh, wow. uh, to, to, to get relief from Corona. So he's done a lot of really good things in just over a year. So in the end, it's been a positive, beautiful thing. And I think a lot of those affiliate owners that just abandoned shift in the first opportunity they got really were probably looking for a reason mm-hmm. and they rolled and that's fine. There, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I mean, it's, it, they're entitled to their own opinion. It's totally cool. I just wasn't willing to do that. I had fought for eight years for this. I have seen literally thousands of lives. I'm talking thousands of lives changed. Just in our community, we've done fundraisers that have raised 20 plus thousand dollars multiple times for members or members, coaches or family members that have that have cancer. 
like I, the the CrossFit community, especially ours, has changed thousands of lives. I wasn't willing to give that up and just run away from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was the first part, and that's a really long answer. But that was the first part. The interesting thing and timing of his comments, where America was shifting with yes. police reform and uh, racial issues and racial tensions and and everything that we've lived over the last year or more. Uh, And it's really interesting because these things kept happening and this is all during Corona, right? And we're all separated already. And uh, so we were all struggling. We're away from the gym. We're away from each other. We're away from our family. These things are going on. Like we're getting attacked all these different angles. And um, I can remember when uh, the video came out of George Floyd. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. And I can remember when the, the, the video came out and I had texted a couple uh coaches, Coach Vanna and Morgan, uh, who were both black. And then one of my friends, Chelsea, she's also African-American. And I, and I texted them on. I just said, hey, I like I. I want to talk to you all like I want to get some things off my chest. I want to know, like, what can we do? You know, the, what can go on? And uh, so. They were very gracious that night at Chelsea's house. We got there like 10 o'clock at night. It was a late night and we got there. We had some conversations and I, and right away I said, man, I said, you know, I just don't understand the world. It's so crazy. And if, if they could all just be like the gym, if the world was like the gym, then everything would be fine because we don't have any issues. That was my bias. And that was my understanding. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and coach Morgan, and I love her for this right away. Morgan kind of looked at me. and was like, well, what do you mean there are no issues? And I, I mean, my stomach tightened up and my heart rate started beating. And I said, well, I mean, there's nothing that I'm aware of. And she said, well, it's not that there aren't any issues at the gym or things have never been done or said at the gym. It's just the fact that people of color often don't, they don't feel like they can say something because they're not comfortable in saying it. They're not in a safe space or nobody will listen to them. Or as Chelsea told me, it's, well, I don't want to be the angry, angry black girl in the room. So I'm just not going to say anything. And that, I mean, that conversation and her saying that to me, that really just changed everything. Wow. It, it changed mindset for me. It changed point of view. And that's one thing that I had, I didn't have, I didn't have that point of view. I didn't have that understanding. I didn't have the education. I didn't have the knowledge um, for no other reason than I just hadn't been exposed to it. And I've met, and I like, many people in the last year plus never asked the question either. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's what spurred on after we spent an hour or more that night, having a conversation about what we could do. Uh, that's what spurred on the conversation that you're speaking of. We had a podcast that was well over four hours in recording <laughs> that ended up in three episodes and a whole bunch of whiskey that night. Good Lord. Uh, and that turned into this podcast and this conversation on, on race and understanding and education and knowledge and things that, that friends and members and coaches have been through that I, I had no clue. And most people in our community had had no clue. So it just launched this beautiful endeavor of ours to, Uh, want to know more, want to ask more, want to understand more. And one of the bigger things I came out of there with is the fact that 
I think I've always just lived my life and my family. I'm just going to raise good people, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to raise, I'm going to raise good kids. They're going to be respected. They're going to, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. They're they. That's just the way I'm going to do it. Right. And I'm going to make sure my family is good. And that's the way I always kind of live. And what I kind of learned is that's just not enough. Yeah. It's great. And it's a good start. And we should all, I think, start with that. Right. But we have to be more and we have to do more. And even to a bigger of, yes, we want to be anti-racist. Yes. Even bigger than that. When you see something that's wrong, Mm -hmm. you have to call it out respectfully, but you have to call out wrong. Wrong is wrong. Right is right. Uh, And that's one thing that we came away from that with. And I think one of the taglines that was beautiful in there that very first night when I spoke with Vanna and Chelsea and Morgan, when we had this conversation was regardless of what we were going to do, we were going to lead these conversations. We were going to lead this effort. We were going to lead this fight with compassion and love and understanding. Mm -hmm. And if we came, whatever angle we come, as long as we come from those three angles, whatever issue we're addressing, it should go just well. So that's a long-winded answer there. No, it's a great answer. Do you feel that, I mean, we're, if it's not a year, it's pretty close to a year prior. Do you feel it changed that conversation? Um, Do you feel that it changed the way you approach, like, you know, for me as a business owner, too, I would be in the same mindset. If nobody's, if the fire is not burning, there's no fire, right? Right. If you Correct. can't smell it, can't see it, there's no fire. Yeah. Has it changed um, the way you approach things or make it clear that it, there is a safe space there? You know, and, and a year later, are you still doing that? Sure. Uh, so I, I feel like I've always made sure that it was a safe space. And that's one thing that, um, I mean, over the years, I've asked six different members or coaches to leave the gym. That's literally me as a business owner that rep- that relies on a member paying me. <laughs> I've literally fired them because they they just weren't good apples. And uh, that's one thing that would, whether it's drama or whatever it may be, we just have asked those folks to leave. So I've always tried to create that safe environment for folks. Um, and it's one thing that, we continue to work on and do and enforce and talk about, especially with the coaching staff all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain things that, that I'm sure some coaches will tolerate or some people will tolerate, but if a member or a coach says one word about anything that's inappropriate or whatever it may be, or makes them feel uncomfortable, then I'm, a, I immediately address it. It's not something that we look sideways or under the rug or anything like that. So. Um, so yes, it's something that we still enforce. Yes, it's still something that we talk about. It created a lot of conversation in the gym, right? Yeah. Like it's, it, and it was a good thing and it was good conversation, which I really loved about it. Um, the interesting part with it is um, Antoine, who was one of the, the, the yeah. main advocates with the conversation. And he is, I just, I love him so much because he's, He's so educated on the subject and he's so willing to teach you everything and yeah. talk to you everything, which is really cool. Right. So it's like, I've had things happen, right. Or I've had these thought processes and at nine o'clock at night, I have literally called him, text him and then call him 
and stand in my garage for an hour and have a conversation on things like, Hey, am I thinking about this wrong? Am I looking at this wrong? Am I seeing this wrong? Like, am I right to think this way? Am I wrong to think this way? Just as, as a, to ask him these questions. And he's always been there for me, which has been great. Um, and one thing that Antoine said to me that really stuck out, he said, you know, you really stuck your neck out by having these conversations and putting it on a podcast for all the gym members and whoever else wanted to listen to it, to listen to it. And he said that only because we have a strong community of law enforcement in our gym. I personally spent 13 years as a professional firefighter. And before that I spent seven years or six years as a volunteer firefighter. So my mindset and my bias and, and, and really my, almost all my adult life until I, the last seven or eight years has been nothing but police, fire, military. That's where I've come from. So that's my background, my bias and my mindset. That's why this was so shocking to me. and so life-changing to me. Um, but like I told Antoine, I don't feel like I've stuck my neck out because I know those law enforcement folks know how much I love them mm-hmm. and how much I respect them. And there wasn't a single conversation on that podcast that bashed them or talked about we should defund them or any of these things there wasn't any of those buzzwords on there because once again we led these conversations with love and compassion and understanding right that was the idea behind this whole thing so you know he thanked me for that and that was kind of his angle i didn't feel like i didn't feel like we needed it but i do appreciate it you know yeah and i just think What's powerful about this story too, is you could have gone with the approach of, I don't want to rock the boat, right? Like I don't want to get involved in politics. There's that side, but also I think too, what's important with, with podcasting or with anything of putting yourself out there, you could have gone with the approach like, well, who am I, right? Like what, who am I to take a stand on this? You know, I, you know, I, we have members of only 200, right? You could look at the things in a negative way, but you said, all right, I'm going to, put this out there. And I know it meant a lot to a lot of people in the community of not just having that conversation, but putting it out on a public scale to say, this is where sure. we stand. And this is, you know, who we are. And I think, did you have a vulnerability hangover? You know, that like where you put and you're like, Oh God, but, like I uh, times where I'll say something that like, I just got to put it out there. Otherwise I would have talked myself out of it. Yeah. I, I mean, I had two different hangovers, so I had a real hangover the next day. <laughs> uh, and that, There's a lot that, of craziness by the third uh, episode of that. Yes. That was a real hangover the next day. Um, and then, yeah, there there was definitely, while you were editing it and getting it ready to launch and everything, I can remember going through my notes. I can remember talking to Alyssa. I can remember talking uh, to some of the other coaches and folks were there just to make sure nothing came out wrong or whatever. And I think I may even spoke to you and say like, hey, if you felt like anything in there was wrong or something or it doesn't sound right or whatever, like run it by us and at least let us listen to it. Not that I wanted to proofread or change anything, but at least, yeah. So there was definitely some vulnerability there that I was worried about. Uh, Once again, I I knew we were coming from the right place. And I always kind of feel like that way where I I know with whatever actions I do, I'm I'm usually coming from my heart in a good place. Uh, And I know that doesn't mean anything sometime in this day when things get out in social media in the public world, because you know, people can run around with their pitchforks and do it and say whatever they want behind a screen. And, uh, you know, that's just the way they feel. So 
uh, yeah, there was definitely some vulnerability there, but I mean, I think I was confident from where we were coming from and that was a big deal for me. So, yeah, no, and it was, but okay. So on the side, just a few more questions, but you never intended for it to build your community or build people, bring people into the gym. However, I'm curious, did you find that it did attract new members at all? Did anybody mention, Hey, heard your podcast or did you contribute it to any new people coming in? I know it was a weird time too. Like it started getting momentum, like right before COVID, but I'm just curious. Correct. Yeah. We definitely got derailed, uh, with COVID. There's no doubt about that. So, but no, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't have anybody come in and say, Oh, I heard your podcast kind of thing. And this and that and jumped in there. Well, I'm oh, sorry. Trying to get okay. you a win there, but I wish you could make yeah. numbers or something for me. Just, be truthful. We just said that. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. I want to cover the slippery slope because this is sure. an honest, like we haven't published anything in a year and I'll share right. the story. Poor Ryan. We finally got Ryan. Ryan, like, let's be fair. COVID screwed up everything and everyone. I think it was like trying to get back in the, and you're dealing with a close down of a gym and you're dealing with trying to get that back up and new protocol. I mean, there's a lot on your plate. So story goes, poor Ryan. I finally get him to record a podcast. (laughs) He hands it to my husband on a chip. Right. Uh, I'm sitting there. I can tell I'm on the couch. And I said to JJ, uh, Hey, do you have Ryan's episode? He goes out to the car, comes back 30 minutes later and starts telling me how he has to take the car to Jason Tristers. So Jason, like he has like a shop and he's going to rip the seats out of the car and take out the console. I'm like, did you leave the the card? He's like, no, not lost, not lost. I know where it is. We're going to rip apart the car and we're going to find it. I'm like, I think you lost it. No, did not lose it. We lost it. So then I, yep. feel, I felt so bad for you, like, because you finally were like, all right, let's get back into this. I know. And then we did it, it. did it into thin air. But I think it, it really is a slippery soap. Like we were talking about before the recording, you're, <sighs> you're so, okay. I, I promised I was going to do this, this, and this every month. And I'm not going to take my foot off the gas. I'm not going to take my foot off the gas. Right. Kind of just go slowly off the gas. You realize everything's, you know, nothing falls apart. The podcast world doesn't collapse on you. And then it's like, oh, and it's yeah. really hard to get back in. So do you feel you're going to come back in and, and kind of describe like why it's been a little harder on you than you thought it would be yeah. when you just, uh, too, that's one thing. Yes. Yeah. So a hundred percent, I want back in and I need to get back in. And I know that, and I know you and I talk about that and I'll talk about that with Alyssa all the time for sure. Um, so yeah, we were, we were getting momentum. We were rolling. Everything was cool. COVID happened when COVID happened, we transferred everything online and that became a, you know, nine hour day, every day, just to get everything online as far as all of our programming and nutrition and videos. And, uh, and then during COVID, we were doing that NFX nightly myself and Evan, mostly Evan, but myself and Evan, every night we had a 45 minute zoom call, which was super cool. That was our way to stay connected with members. So that was really easy. So it was like, well, I don't need a podcast right now because we have this going on. And then we get out of COVID, we fire back up. And then we just ran into the fact where I didn't have any of my podcast, my own podcasting stuff. So I'm always trying to borrow yours and you're really busy. Let's be <laughs> honest. And so I'm always trying to borrow your stuff. And so we just ran into those. And then I had a baby and then Evan had a baby. And so we've just been really stuck, mm-hmm. right? With all of these little ruts and little deals going on. And yeah, like you said, JJ lost 
I finally fired it up and then JJ lost the memory card. But uh, so, yes, I want to get back in. Yes, I have every intention to get back in. But I do know one thing that I will change is that I'm very OCD, right? I'm very OCD by, by nature. And because I was trying to do, we have to do a member spotlight. Yeah. We have to do a coach's spotlight. We have to do a programming. It wore me down. Yeah. And I was trying to be so specific all the time. It wore me down. I have a ton of content and a ton of things to talk about. There is nothing wrong with myself and one of my coaches and myself and Evan or whatever, literally discussing something and being like, hold that thought. Now I have my own podcasting stuff, throw the mics out, turn the damn recorder on and just go. Yeah. And that's what we really have to get into. Uh, the programming stuff we will always do mm-hmm. because the programming stuff uh, we talk about literally all the time. Anyway, we're geeks on this crap. So we talk about it all the time anyway. So the po- the programming monthly one is an easy one. It's it's putting other content out that's interesting. And there's always good content to talk about in the gym anyway. Yeah. So I just have to be less specific. And I think if I'm less specific on that, I'll be more successful and I and I'll I will want to do the podcasting more. Yeah. So. No. And I think you do have to give yourself a little bit of a break, you know, and, and realize it's, it's going to be okay if it doesn't go out or, you know, batch sure. it up too, where the member, okay, I know this time, if I can make this time work, I can get two or three done. And then those go out over the next few months or, you know, just like you're doing, right. and we'll talk, like, let's kind of wind it out with, sure. You got the podcasting bug. So I'm interested in your yeah. of you as your first thought of being a host. And now it's like a, it's a potato chip with pocket. It's like, you have all these different ideas now, Um, you know, how do you feel about yourself as a host now and the comfort and being able to talk about it from when you first started to where you are now? Um, So I've never liked, I've never liked to hear my voice. And I I think most people usually say that, right. Mm -hmm. I don't like to hear my voice, Um, but I love to have conversations and and I'm, (laughs) it's funny because every year is I, get older. I'm always, I'm always having conversations anyway. And I like to tell stories. So it really fits me really well. And even the younger coaches at the gym are always like, Oh, here comes grandpa. Dad He's going to tell us a story. Everybody sit down crisscross applesauce. Here we go. Kind of thing. Right. So I've definitely, I'm good with that. I actually kind of like it. So to start the podcasting stuff, I had a hard time hearing my voice uh, and to really get it rolling to where I felt comfortable, even discussing anything that I wasn't comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So now I'm at a point where you kind of like this conversation, you literally just sent me a text like, Hey, I want to do this podcast, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, cool. Let's do it. And then just get on and start talking yeah. and just feel confident in that and take my time and answer questions and elaborate and try not to go too long, which I usually do anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I'm actually really comfortable with it and relatively co- confident uh, and whether I'm hosting it or just a participant, I feel really good both ways. The interesting thing is, and we've had this conversation about the NFX Way podcast, is that I've never actually been on this side where I am right now, where I'm just being asked questions. I asked you, no, that was- I'm usually not getting grilled on things. I'm usually doing the grilling. Yeah. But the first one, first or second one, I think I drilled you on questions. There was one where I did ask you questions. So remember. when we did the, and I guess we're going to get into that. So the whiskey fit part. Yes. So well, yeah, talk well, about how it's evolved into other podcasts. Sure. So recently, which was uh, 
my first, well, outside of my family, mm-hmm. my next love would be CrossFit. And then really close in line is whiskey. And that all started during COVID. And COVID actually has been a blessing and an awesome thing for us. And that's really hard to talk about. And yeah. maybe that's another day for some people. But um, during COVID, just as we were getting into COVID, I drank whiskey a little bit. My father-in-law introduced me to it. He's a big Scotch guy. He's a whiskey guy, but definitely a Scotch guy. He's introduced me to it. And I just never had a flavor or love for it, but I was getting into it. And then during COVID, Alyssa turned a, um, a hutch, right? Like a China hutch mm-hmm. into a whiskey hutch. Surprised me with it. And I was like, it's eh, kind of dumb. I'm not really sure I like that. <laughs> and at that, at that point, I had like four bottles of whiskey and three glasses or something. And she moved everything in there. I was like, well, this is a really dumb idea. Little did you Anyway, know. about a month later, uh, we painted it and we wallpapered it and I dropped the pennant light in it and we filled it with whiskey and stuff. And now it's like my pride and joy and I love it. And it's literally led over this last year into launching this whiskey fit podcast. Uh, obviously you're editing it and hosting it and it's your husband, JJ, and one of our buddies, Evan. And we're on here and it's literally the same conversation that people will have on a Saturday night sitting on their back patio with a fire going and some whiskey. They're just having conversation about anything. It's the same idea. Yeah. It's putting it on a podcast and putting it out there. And then there's some personal stories that we pull in there. Like we pull this whiskey in that has this personal tie or this emotional tie to us, good, bad, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. And we put it out there for the you know world to hear and everybody to, to listen. The interesting thing is that when we did that, the horse soldier bourbon podcast, which was one that I brought mm-hmm. that was special to me because of its relation to 9-11s and my involvement in 9-11. Um, I can't tell you how many people over the last two weeks have come to me kind of on the side at the gym and said, I had no clue about your story. Wow. I've known you for three, four, five years. I never knew you were at 9-11. I never knew your story. And the interesting thing is probably other than my mom, my dad, who's of course passed, my sister, my wife, maybe mother-in-law and father-in-law. I'm not sure anybody else has really ever heard my full story of 9-11. And it's on a podcast now. Like it's it's there for people to hear. Obviously, it's not completely 100% in depth, but it's pretty, it's pretty close. Uh, so that it's been it's been, that part's been great about it, right? That's been a really good thing. So. Yeah. And it's another community builder too. Cause I know a lot of the members, like I know yeah. there's been a connection over whiskey. You know, a lot of people were drinking it and coming on and, sure. and talking about it. And I just think it's, I think there's just so much more to it than just getting on a mic and talking, you know, it really yeah. can, can connect. And I, I think it's really cool. Um, how it evolves too. Like, it's like, okay, I'm going to first start this. And then it's like, Oh, we got this idea. Now we've got this idea. And I know, I know you guys are having fun with it too. So yes, I know we have all it's kinds super of fun. Yeah. To go to different distilleries and, uh, yeah. <laughs> road trips. And um, Oof, uh, well, when we get there, I can't wait for that. Those will be good times. And it, it, you know, like with the NFX way, it might be hard to get a member or somebody on or have a conversation or whatever, but it's like, you know, Wednesday night, hey, uh, let's meet at Evans at seven o'clock. We're going to do like two or three episodes of Whiskey Fit. Yeah. Cool. I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, an, it's an easy one. 
there's no arm twisting that was happening. No, and it started because J- our, our, ki- our girls were playing basketball. It was right next to your house. JJ would yeah. swing by and you guys would have whiskey while the girls were practicing yeah. basketball. And then JJ's like, we should start a podcast around that. You know what I mean? Like it just like, yeah. we should evolve that. And then we all had the meeting. We're like, okay, what do we do here? And it, and thus it was born. So, so that's it. I didn't yeah. tell you I was going to ask you this, but to wrap it up, if you were to give as a business owner, I'm sorry, my dog is getting unruly back here, but if you were to give one piece of advice about somebody who's thinking about starting their own podcast where they're, this is all business-based, sure. would you, what would a, a piece of advice be for them? Uh, I, I think the big thing with the podcast is, is the fact that if I'm not, so I wear my emotions on my sleeve and I'm not, I'm really not afraid to talk about anything and I'll get emotional with members of the gym all the time. Uh, obviously just got emotional on this podcast, but so I don't hide my emotions. That's been something that I've learned over the years. I just kind of let it out and I let it go. So if I think if you can put your emotions and your heart into your podcast, uh, it will show people that haven't met you yet. Maybe wow, this seems like a really good place to go or seems like a really good business. It's something, especially if it's something that's local, right? It's like, wow, I want to support local businesses. And this person seems like a really good person. So I'm going to go try it out kind of deal. So my big thing is I would say, put your emotions out there, put your heart out there, be very personable. Uh, Don't worry about what other people are going to say or think about it and just be yourself on it. And I think, we should all probably strive to do that every day of our lives. Let's not, you know, put something fake on. Let's just be who we are and let, let people like us or love or like, or love us for that reason. So yeah, we're not like us and that's for sure. Or not. And which is totally fine. It's their opinion. I don't have a lot of time for a ton of friends anyway. So (laughs) you have five kids. Yes. Yes, I I do. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate your time. Sure. I know you're extremely busy, so I appreciate that very much. And I think um, I just love sharing these stories too. Of it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have you no. know you don't have to be Joe Rogan to see no. results and to see you know, <sighs> to get benefits from doing this. And that's really the the part of the stories that I wanted to share through this. Yep. The the um one of the deals when we did the the three-piece podcast we spoke about mm-hmm. in NFX way. Yeah. One of the guys who participated with us, AG, yes. uh, AG Fjord, who is an amazing children's book illustrator. He's got books on New York times and Amazon bestseller. Like look that dude up, right? AJ Ford, AG Ford, look him up. Anyway, one of the things that he said initially in our very first meeting, and we can kind of close it out with this because I think it's mm-hmm. perfect is the fact that he said, Ryan, whatever you do with your podcast, stay in your lane, mm-hmm. do what you do. Just stay in your lane and you'll be fine. And that's one that's that those words have navigated me for the last 15 or 16 months since he's told me that. And I'll remember that forever. So stay in your lane on your podcast and I think you'll be fine. I love it. Perfect words to end. So Ryan, thank you so much. We'll link to your podcast in our show notes and hopefully we'll have a new episode very soon. No pressure. Just don't give it to DJ. No, (laughs) I'm going to hand deliver it. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Thank you. Bye-bye.